chooses to not and makes the rulers of the earth as nothing. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely are sown, scarcely have their stem taken root in the earth when he blows upon them and they wither, and the tempest carries them off like stubble. To whom then will you compare me, or who is my equal? says the old one. Lift up your eyes on high and see. Who created these? He who brings out their house and numbers them, calling them all by name, because he is great in strength and mighty in power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is everlasting God, and the creator of ends of the earth. He does not make or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up like wings like angels. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The word of the Lord.
Then fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to the deserted place, and there he prayed. Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, Let us go on to the neighboring towns, so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. The Gospel of the Lord. Talking to me, the chaplain. 
beyond telling me what had happened about the accident. But the little boy, he was eager to tell me all about himself, about his pet rabbit, and to show me the book that he had brought with him to the hospital. My conversation with him distracted him for just a moment from worrying about his father, and it gave the parents a moment to talk privately. And then this past week, I met an older gentleman for coffee in town very early in the morning. We talked about my move to Concord to be here with you all, and in the midst of all the kind of polite getting to know each other chit-chat, he asked me, why doesn't the church talk about sin anymore? <laughs> this was the first time I had met this person. <laughs> but we had a wonderful conversation about the story of Adam and Eve, and he just said, you know, I really have so many problems in today's world, and I want to understand them from the perspective of Christian theology. So not what I had expected so early in the morning, and not that I had any sensible answers, but there you have it. Three small stories, nothing earth-shaking, but examples, I hope, of trying to meet people where they are, of witnessing to the gospel through presence and listening, not hitting people over the head with words, but rather living a ministry of presence by witnessing to God's love in the most simple of human interactions. Meeting people where they are and trusting that God is present and working in those moments. I think this is what Paul is talking about when he says, I have become all things to all people. We know this phrase, and in our crazy, over-programmed, over-expectations, that's not the right word, but in the world we live in, we all try to be all things to all people, and I'm the first to tell you, it's impossible. You cannot be all things to all people, and I cannot be all things to all people. But the way Paul explains it is that he can relate to the Jews to the Gentiles, to sinners, to the weak, not by transforming himself or pretending to be other than himself, but by meeting people where they are. He has a way of being authentic and grounded in the gospel, and that anchors him in his interactions with all different kinds of people. Think about it. As parents or teachers, we understand this in our interactions with children and young people. We answer their questions and explain things in an age-appropriate way. We don't change who we are as adults, but if our message is to be heard, we know we need to adapt the words or the explanation to meet the audience. Paul tells the Corinthians that he adapts his behavior and his message so that people will know that the gospel life is possible for them. That's the key, right? We want people to know that the good news is for them. Paul is so grounded in the gospel, so convinced of this good news, 
and their worldview. His charge to proclaim the gospel is not threatened by difference or fear. So Paul challenges us with this question. Do we relate to each other and to the world in ways that meet others where they are? Or do we as church sometimes set up barriers and expectations which suggest that people need to be us? Even things as simple as how we dress for church, whether we genuinely welcome families with young children to sit up front, very happy to see you here this morning. <laughs> Whether we introduce ourselves to newcomers or speak only to our friends at coffee hour. These perfectly human ways of being, don't get me wrong, may unintentionally be barriers and may communicate a message that people are welcome here, but only if they do it our way. consciously meeting people where they are, so that people who come here know and see from their own perspective how the gospel offers hope, so they know the gospel life is possible for them, possible for you, possible for me, possible for all of us here in this community. We can never do this perfectly. Even St. Paul says, I do this, become all things to all people, so that I may save some. Even Paul is realistic about ministry. So in this year that I've dubbed the year of communication, community, and communion, how can we do our very best to meet people where they are? The new weekly window, which was emailed out on Thursday afternoon, is one small, very concrete way we are trying to reach you and others outside this time we are here together on Sundays. With the tagline, connected in faith wherever we are, we hope to stay connected with you whether you are wintering in Florida, staying home because of yet another icy morning, or driving kids to hockey practice. And listen to this part. It also gives you an easy way to share some good news by forwarding it to family and friends, colleagues and neighbors. You can say, look what we're doing at Trinity Church. Come and see that the good news is for everyone. This is my church, and I want you to know about it. We say we want to grow. We say we want more people connected to this community of faith, to this good news. So like Paul, we need to go out and invite people, using the tools we have, meeting people where they are. Imperfect as our human efforts are, we, like Paul, can communicate the good news through our words, our actions, our presence, our listening, and by telling our stories of faith and hope. 
We reflect the hope the gospel offers when we live it ourselves out there in the world. And here's the even better good news. We know the one who does meet us where we are without fail. In the incarnation, God meets us where we are in the person of Jesus. He is the one who can be all things, who is all things, because he is the creator of all things from before time. The prophet Isaiah tells us the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth, all things. And that God, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, meets us here at his table. He strengthens us with his body and blood so that we can go into the world to meet others on his behalf. May we go from this place with open hearts and open ears so that our words and lives proclaim the good news of the gospel to all those we meet.
at least to start, they're going to get the first reflection letter. And if you, if you click through the, the newsletter, you can see that there isn't any way to just print that, because what it does so brilliantly is it points you to places on our website. So if we just printed out the newsletter, we can see all the information, because the information lives on the website. So anyway, they're with us. Um, thank you for being enthusiastic and sharing with your friends. Right. A few more people just put in this. Good morning. Go Pat. Um, I am speaking for Barbara Walker. The World Day of Prayer is coming up the first Friday in March, Friday morning, which is the Women's World Day of Prayer. Uh, Suriname is the country this year, and we, uh, West Congregation Church is going to be where the uh, service is held. There'll be lunch afterwards. Uh, we need a couple of other women, or people, I guess, women, for, uh, to give a talk, I'm sorry, to be part of the service, I believe this off the cuff, to be part of the service, uh, they put out a play or an information session. We'd love to have um, a couple of people from Trinity step up. There's five churches in Concord that all join together for this World Day of Prayer, and the World Day of Prayer is, is uh, churches all over the world. So I hope a couple of women will step up. Please see me after the church if you're interested, or contact Barbara Walker directly. She couldn't be here today. She's spearheading this for Trinity Church. Looking forward to chatting with you. Thank you.
your people, in your words spoken through the prophets, and above all, in the word made flesh, Jesus your Son. For in these last days you sent him to the incarnate from the Virgin Mary, to be the Savior and Redeemer of the world. In him you have delivered us from evil and made us worthy to stand before you. In him you have brought us out of error into truth, out of sin into righteousness, out of death into life. On the night before he died for us, our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. And when we have given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took a cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, according to his command, O Father, we remember his death, we proclaim his resurrection, we await his coming in glory, and we offer our sacrifices and thanksgiving to you, O Lord of all, presented to you from your creation, this bread and this wine. We pray, you, gracious God, to send your Holy Spirit upon these gifts, that they may be the sacrament of the body of Christ and his blood of the new covenant. Unite us to your Son in his sacrifice, that we may be acceptable through him, being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In the fullness of time, with all things in subjection under your Christ, and bring us to that heavenly country where with all your saints we may enter the everlasting heritage of your sons and daughters. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, the firstborn of all creation, the head of the church, and the author of our salvation. By him, and with him, and in him. In the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory be yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And then lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil.
Son of God be manifested in you, that your lives may be a light to the world, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, 